It's time for the Rich Life Retirement Show, brought to you by retirement professional and Wall Street Journal best-selling author, Bo Henderson. This is the one place committed to helping you navigate all aspects of a successful, meaningful, and fulfilling retirement. Let's get started. Here's Bo Henderson and Bill Maine. Up and ready to go, moving into a brand new afternoon and great financial talk in front of us. Bill Maine with Bo Henderson. How is it going, Bill? Let's do this. All right, I'm ready to do By the way, real fast, uh, last week's Super Bowl, did you get a chance to watch the game? What did you think? We did our predictions. You know... Uh, I don't know if you remember me saying the biggest thing I was hoping for a good game. So I was yeah. disappointed in that. I was, I was hoping it would come down to the last drive. I thought it was going to be tighter. Than, it started out tight. Right. And the D, the D for both teams was really tough to overcome. And then finally it just fell apart. Well, kudos to Tampa Bay because just being able to put together something that won in one year. I mean, that yeah. just blows my mind. It, yeah. I'm afraid that's going to change the model of how the NFL starts doing things is trying to put together the team for that year. Well, you know, the Marlins did that, and they right. they went and they and did their thing, and then after that, everybody left the team to go other because they couldn't financially afford to pay these guys. Well, that's the NBA model yeah. too, right? Right. Yeah. So now that since it's not a sports show, but no. we did have one prediction, right? Or, or what was it? The, the Super Bowl is, effect. Yeah, the Super Bowl effect is if the AFC wins, usually the market does better. So the AFC won. So let's see if it holds true. <laughs> so should I put all my chips in, Bill? Yeah. Well, that, that's the question I have to ask you. <laughs> you have asking me? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Uh, all right. We're we'll see if it holds go. true. All right, so hey, to quick, quick, uh, let you know what's going on today on the show. Some people are taxed on their Social Security benefits while others aren't. I'm not sure why that is, but we're going to find out when we ask Bo in just a little bit. And a powerful member of Congress is complaining that the stock market isn't working the way it's supposed to. We'll find out what that's all about as well. But in the meantime, you've been working the way you're supposed to. You've been getting out there and educating folks left and right. Understand the tour continues. You know, at the at the heart of it, Rich Life Advisors is an education company. And mm-hmm. we educate on financial topics, retirement topics. And we'll be back at the Buford Community Center uh, March 16th and 18th, Tuesday and Thursday at 6.30 p.m. And that's Saturday at 10 a.m. the 20th. Okay. So if Buford's not too far, if you're out that way listening, go to richlifeadvisors.com, look at events, and register. We'd love to see you there. Excellent. All right. So uh, be honest. Coming up this week, just a couple of days, we'll start the tour up again. And uh, I don't know if they'll be selling T-shirts and buttons out there, but, you know. Yeah, yeah if you mention Bill Maine, I've got a free T-shirt and a book for you. Oh, that, okay. All right. There you go. We can get Finally, I'm worth something. <laughs> I didn't know. Never been well, speaking of that, let me, let me say this was exciting. So we just finished up a series at the Jefferson uh, Civic Center yeah. over in Jefferson. Yeah, how'd they go? Our first time there. It was good. Had a really yeah. good turnout. But I wanted to share this. We did have a, a scenario where we looked at a specific case study, and a lady, by just knowing the rules and coming in and looking at her situation, we found an additional $70,000 of Social Security benefit. Wow. And, and that's what this is all about is just if you know the rules you're playing with, you can do the you can pick the best decision on how to wow. do this. Yeah, you, you can't build a strategy without knowing what the rules are. That's yeah. fantastic. All right. Man, that's great. All right. So, hey, folks, you're going to find out some great information at these seminars. So don't miss the tour when it comes to your town or make arrangements to get to wherever it is because well, we'll keep you up to date on where they are. Well, that makes me think, Bill, if, if you found an extra $70,000, what, what would you do? What would I do with it? And don't um, say boat. We can't, okay, that boat was, <laughs> can't be the answer for every question I ask you. Uh, probably, <laughs> gosh, probably uh, put that uh, addition on the house. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so huh? that would be, go. I, I would go a long way to renoing the kitchen. Investing in an asset, I could buy. I could sure. get on that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So here's the thing. Today is a special day. It's, it's Sunday, sure, but it's also Valentine's Day, and I think we all recognize that a good marriage is a partnership. But best-selling retirement author Patrick Kelly says that's something that husbands sometimes forget. Guys, listen close here. 
when it comes to financial planning? Because I guess we're used to just charging ahead and doing our thing. Right. What's the scoop? What do you What do you experience when you're counseling with couples? Well, I see, I've seen a shift in that that uh, they're both partners in some cases are running the point on that male and female. But and that's good. good. There's still a lot of a mentality of the the man is that I'm a guy. I'm supposed to know this stuff and I'm supposed to know finances. And sometimes that's not the case. We mm-hmm. need some help with that. Yeah. And sometimes it's done and the other spouse isn't kind of kept up to date on what the plan is. It's just, I'll take care. Uh, I think us guys have this thing. I'll take care of it. Right. Yeah. I'll take care of sure. it. Just, just don't worry about it. But what you see happen when things happen, you know, something happens in life. Uh, we retire and we have different expectations. Something happens to one of us. If we're not both on the same page, it can cause big problems. Yeah, I can see that causing problems in a lot of different ways, especially uh, where I've seen this, where couples where he handled all the money, mm-hmm. she just trusted him and he did a great job, but then he passed away and she didn't wasn't aware of what accounts were available, how to get into it. Suddenly, she doesn't know how to access the money that's there. And it's a vulnerable situation to say, I don't know how to do this, mm-hmm. right? And, sure. and find yourself alone. So one of the things we try to do at Rich Life Advisors, Bill, is when we're working in a household with a couple is let's have financial conversation dates. Now, might not sound like the most <laughs> exciting conversation. Let's not do that on Valentine's Day, but let's pick another day. But the question <laughs> I ask is, is your relationship worth it? Because a lot of a lot of issues come up of disagreements, fights. I know I know nobody listening has ever had a fight about money oh, with, no. with a partner. Right? You, no, never. And, and all the way up to divorces. Some, some yeah. of the, the big cost of divorce yeah, is, sure. is financial. So it's worth it to have, I like monthly, but at least quarterly conversations. And it doesn't have to be in depth. It can just be a summary. Here's where we are. Here's the plan. We're on the same page. Good. We'll check in later. I've had comments, and this was recently, I had a spouse tell me, the wife told me, she said, since me and my husband have started having these quarterly financial conversations, getting on the same page, he said it, it's been some of the most intimate moments we've had as a couple, which that sounds like a weird word, yeah. but it felt connected. Sure. Right. When, when you can get together and you know you're both on the same plane, isn't that what, you know, being married is, is part of the two people becoming one? And you kind of, right. and, and I think part of it is you get to see your progress. Right. Look, and, we're, and, we're doing this together. Isn't this great? And, uh, and you're facing challenges together. You're sure. celebrating wins together. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of value in that. So that might even be a good takeaway is, are you having those conversations? If not, I, I found later later in life in retirement, it, a lot of times it can save us and prevent a lot of pitfalls that we could fall into by not being on the same page like you talked about. Yeah. Now, it is Valentine's Day. So I want you to go, to go to your partner and say, sweetheart, guess what we're doing? I've got everything planned out. Yeah. We're going to go to the kitchen table and we're going to have a financial conversation. <laughs> you romantic devil. You, That's you right. Just, I'll, li- I'll even light a candle. Mis- but- <laughs> Mr. Passion over there. I'll okay, tell you. So maybe not Valentine's Day, but it is important. And I do recommend that, hey, maybe talk about that and say, you know what? Would it really be worth it and be a good idea for us to be on the same page? And I think if we're honest, we're going to say yes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I really do. Okay. So we were speaking of the stock market just a moment ago and the Super Bowl effect. Well, the fact of the matter is the market has done well so far in the new year. And uh, Bob Dahl, who is a strategist, tells Fox Business that's primarily because of the expectations of yet another stimulus bill. And in his dis- in his discussion on this, he stressed the words for the moment, right. which kind of makes me wonder, do we need to be bracing for a time when the market's not the way to go? Is that kind of what he's hinting at? You know, we've talked a lot about what's keeping the market up. The fundamentals are not. The value of the companies are not why the, the value of the market's where it's at. And it's optimism. So I think the stimulus bill is giving maybe another thing we can look forward to, be optimistic about, get a little money coming in. But the problem here is, guess what a stimulus is? 
is sending money out. Yep. Guess what that's adding to? Taxes. The that's deficit, adding to our debt. Which means taxes are going to go up at some point to pay it. And one thing is, is the debt's always going to come due. Mm-hmm. So the stimulus, it might be a helpful thing or it might be something we're looking forward to. But if we look at the bigger picture, not maybe this quarter or this year, it's adding to a bigger problem we have, which is our national debt, which is going to be resolved at some point sooner or later by increased taxes. Yeah. Not excited about that at all. And eventually the market is going to correct accordingly. So, yeah, it might be something, it's another thing we're optimistic about, but it's like a Band-Aid. It's a Band-Aid fix for now to, hey, we might help some people, but we're actually creating a bigger problem in the long run. And I sometimes think we don't think things all the way through. I say we, let me just say the government sometimes. And and, and we as well going, yes, please give us this. We don't really think down the road that it's going to cost us even more. And we really need to be more cognizant in my opine. Well, well, and you know, a lot of times there's an agenda to that too. Why are we we resolving, why are we trying to um, appease people at this point? That's a different show. Yeah, that gets very sticky. We do that the rest of the week. Okay, (laughs) so here's the thing. A report based on studies by the Rand Corporation uh, comes to the conclusion that a typical, and check this out now, a Mm. typical 67-year-old woman today is as healthy as her mother was Mm. at the age of 60. Okay. All right? In other words, we're living longer because we're healthier. The great news is if we have the money to actually enjoy those extra years, then everything's fantastic. And that's where you come in with what you do. How do we stretch out our savings? Because we know we're going to live longer than the previous generation. We don't know how long, so we don't really know how long that has to last. That's a challenge. We need to think about that. That's one of the biggest issues I see is underestimating how long we're living now. Ten years ago, when I was speaking to a group in the same class or a variation of the same class I do today, I'd say, how many people have family members at home or loved ones that are in their 80s and 90s? And it would be two or three people. Right. Now it's it's pushing 70% of the room yeah. in, just, in just 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised by that statistic at all that uh, when we look at how where our grandparents were, we're 10 years healthier. We're, so yeah. if our grandmother was 70, well, if... if at 70 years old, we're as healthy today as our grandmother would have been at 60. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not a long period of time in the big scheme of things, right? And we're living longer. So the, the issue with us living longer, healthier, is the longer we live, the longevity, it's it's a good thing on one hand. Yeah. But it's also the multiplier of all the retirement risk we face. Mm-hmm. Interest rate risk, market risk, inflation risk, all those things we're more exposed to the longer we live. So we need to we need to really think about what's what's... What's viable? What's an age that I may live to? How long might I be around? Because if we just plan to life expectancies, the issue with that, 50% are going to die before that number. Yep. 50% are after. So if we, we try to make it, we, we bounce that last check at life expectancy, we got a 50-50 shot. We got yeah. it wrong. Yeah. 50% of us are going to go back to work. That's right. So, <laughs> so the reality is, I think the takeaway here, Bill, is we are living longer. Are we planning and addressing it that way? Because I do find that a lot of people are underestimating how long they're living and they're running out of money too soon. Right. And, uh, you know, this is the Rich Life Retirement Show, and Bo is our Rich Life Advisor. If folks want to find out a little bit more about that and, and get that planning and the strategy, the modeling, the whole thing started so they right. get a better picture of what they can realistically expect, you're standing by just the yeah. website, the phone call, how? Yeah, if you're somewhere within a 10-year window or even in retirement early and say, you know what, I've got a lot of retirement pieces, but I don't really have a strategy, that's what we do at Rich Life Advisors. We help you pull it all together. Just go to the website, richlifeadvisors.com, or, or give me specific questions. Call me at 770-249-7424. That's 770-249-RICH. Well, certainly a surprise coming up uh, earlier this month, uh, Jeff Bezos says he's decided to retire as CEO of Amazon. Why would anybody want to do that? Well, nobody saw it coming. 
And obviously, he'll find other things to occupy his time. Just counting his money would take him the rest of his life anyway. But the suddenness of the decision kind of has me wondering, does being wealthy make it easier for someone to walk away without worrying about the financial details? Or does being wealthy come with some other problems that we're not aware of, those of us who aren't that wealthy? You know, I think I'm going to have to go with it makes it a lot easier. When you have enough money that you can hire to replace yourself. Yes. If I'm going to I'm going to say something, I don't want to disappoint any clients out there. (laughs) But if we had a couple hundred billion dollars, I might retire as CEO of Rich Life Advisors. You might. It might be doable. I might put some some executives in place. You would force yourself, perhaps. Twist his arm. But but what's exciting there is is he's going to. It, you know, I, look, I think it's going to be more like Elon Musk. He's going to go find some other interesting projects, and he has the resources to go. I think he's working on some sort of space project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's doing like Elon's doing the same thing. So, right. Yeah. So, hey, he, he's made it to a level that he can go work on some things that might benefit the larger whole, and we'll see. Good for him. Yeah, but for the rest of us, not so. So it, he doesn't have some of the same challenges, but at the same time, we need to be cognizant of making sure that we plan so we can walk away at some point without having to worry about right. it. Right. Maybe not on such a grand scale, but that's something to think about. So so his exit strategy, it worked out because of the situation. But what, I'm, what we're really looking for in retirement planning is, do I have a viable exit strategy if my goal is 65 years old? Does that work? And my job is to run the math and the numbers and the modeling that we talk about. And I might tell you, you know what? 65 works, but here's the way we need to put it together. The other side, Bill, I might have to say, you know what, 67 is the first viable exit strategy, but at least we know and it's not a surprise later. Right. I don't want to find out at 66 and a half. Right. Yeah. Oh, I've got to work longer. And it might be in that exam, it might be 65, but then you need to work part time for those extra two years and then it works smoothly. Yeah. The math will show us the path. There you go. As always, that's that's check it out on a T-shirt near you. All right. So uh, how how can you increase your retirement account without making a deposit? Well, the answer to that comes from Jack Howe of Barrows Magazine. He says, take a look at the fees that you're paying and see if you can cut back on the fee percentage. That can make a difference. And we've talked about this on occasion. And still, how do I know what I'm paying and if it's fair? Right. We really want to pay attention to net returns. So if my goal is an 8% average return, that needs to be, if that's my true goal, it needs to be net of fees. Because if it's 8% plus 1% fee, plus there's another half percent of hidden fees, you're it's not, not really goal. eight, it's yeah. six and a half, right? Yeah. Uh, so, and you're working another five years. That's right. And then inflation's <laughs> three. Yeah. I'll make it another eight years you got to work. That's okay. right. Yeah. So so I think the key is, the term is fee drag, right? So right. so if you're doing, if we could do something with, with minimal fee versus something with a percent, percent and a half fee, and it's getting the same gross average, the market average of the market, um, that extra fee is going to, it might not seem like a lot, 1% doesn't seem like a big number, but you multiply that over 20 or 30 years, and it can be hundreds of thousands of dollars. Sure. So the key there is um, know what fees you're paying. That's what I find is the, know what fees you're paying and know what your real net return is. Sometimes a fee's okay if you're still getting the net return at your goal, but you want to know those numbers so that you're not surprised 10 years into it and say, wow, I never knew this is what was going on. And if you if you're you can go to your you should be able to go to your advisor and say, can you show yeah. me and explain? And they should be able to do that or they should be willing to do that. They should do a fee analysis and mm-hmm. say, here's your fees. Here's your goal. Here's the net return. Here's how it impacts your income plan and your growth plan. And all those things, that's just clarity around what's going on, because what we're trying to avoid with a lot of this bill is surprises. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Surprises and the, the kind that you don't want. Yeah, the, the, the uh-oh surprises, right. not the, oh, yeah. That's right. There's a difference in there. Okay, and I think one of the reasons that so many people do have an estate plan is that they're afraid of 
uh, of going to cost it a lot of money. The reason they don't is because it's going to cost a lot of money. I know when we had our will put together, I was a little worried how much it was going to cost. But in the long run, I think I made a good investment. Business Insider says it's not having an estate plan that can really cost you. And I've seen that with friends. Uh, you know, the spouse dies. They didn't really have an estate plan. And they wind up in probate when they shouldn't have to. Right. Now, now, what's the phrase? Picking up pennies to save dollars or yeah, something the, like yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. Picking up dollars to save, save pennies, whatever That's it is. Yeah. That's okay. it. Picking up dollars. To save. It's that kind of thing. Is We might need to spend uh, a couple hundred dollars to get some basic estate planning documents. might be a little more if we need a trust or something like that. But the cost and expense of probate, of the fees that could come up with that, the cost and expense of taxes, if it's not properly structured, could be thousands, tens of thousands of dollars or more. So again, sometimes it's that, you know, it, it might be expensive in one context to, to spend a few hundred dollars to get it set up right, but you might be putting yourself in a vulnerable situation of costing, well, your family, the ones you right. leave behind, thousands, tens of thousands, and sometimes more. Yeah, because that money could end up also being divided in a way that you didn't want to divide it among family members. It may not have been the way you wanted it to be done. That's right. So be clear, but make it a legal, clear plan to, to get it out there. That's right. I've seen siblings. I've seen um, uh, children. I've, I've seen them argue of what mom or dad thought. But when it's in writing, it's pretty hard to argue with what they wrote down. Yeah, yeah. Right? There you go. And nobody wants to be arguing in probate court anyway. No, and no. the probate judge judge doesn't want to hear it either. And, okay? and it's not a fun time to be. Yeah, just just do do your family a favor and put it down. All right. So, uh, where are you getting your financial advice these days? If I ask you that question, I know where you're getting it, but you're not like everybody else, okay? Right. <laughs> CNBC says a growing number of young people are getting it from, oh no, social networking <laughs> sites, TikTok and Reddit. I can. I don't even have to ask you what the problem with that is, but to go ahead, enlighten me, because I can see some pitfalls there. You know, when I'm doing a lot of the Social Security training or the optimization uh, teaching, uh, one of the things I, I tell people, I say, what if there's a better way to do this than maybe what your coworker, neighbor, or brother-in-law taught you? Right? <laughs> yeah. Because they might have an idea, and they might even know what's the best thing for them. Unless it, you're my neighbor and my brother-in-law or my coworker, I'm not asking anybody. That's right. That's unless, right. Unless it's that's you, right. unless, unless they're... <laughs> In the situation you want to be with or, or have training in this, maybe not the best place to take advice. But I see that a lot. So so this is it's kind of worrisome that, that young people are taking advice on TikTok, Reddit, and things like that. Yeah. Now, here, here's how we can get around that. Again, this is a conversation. We're going to have to put on our, our, our maturity if, if young people are listening. It's okay. Do it like this. Say, okay, is this something I mean? Say it's, a, say it's something about investing in real estate. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do it like this. If it's something that sounds good. And usually that's that's a warning sign if it sounds too good to too be good, true. Too good, yes. But something that sounds good, okay, real estate, that sounds great. That might be something you, you write down. You say, I'm going to study this and I'm going to learn more about this to really understand it. Taking mm-hmm. a 30-second video clip and, and trying to put uh, money or life savings into that might not be the best idea, but it could be something you could research further, learn more about. You know, it's just the same thing with all these things we talk about. That's why I do educational classes is because if we learn about it, then we can get information to make better decisions. So sure. I'm hoping maybe maybe some of these young people that are listening to that advice might say, okay, that's something I'm interested in, and don't stop there. Right, yeah. It's, it's a good idea starter, perhaps. Maybe, and yeah. if you've got, And especially when you bring up real estate, if you've got a passion about it, right. uh, it's going to be something you're going to be interested in following. You're going to learn enough about it, and it, you know, it can be a great part of your portfolio, but you don't just throw your money at it willy-nilly. Right. Yeah, because you can really lose it in a heartbeat, that's for sure. Speaking of throwing Speaking your— Speaking of that, have I told you my TikTok channel? Rich Life Advice. I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> wow. You should have seen Bill's Hook, face. line, and sinker right. Uh, right there. Wow. I tell you what, that was the big fish that just got landed. Congratulations. <laughs> okay, now a lot of us saw the big profits that some investors made in the GameStop deal because since we mentioned Reddit, I want to go back to this GameStop deal because that's where a lot of that began and wonder if maybe we should try to get on some of that. But Senator Elizabeth Warren is calling for a federal investigation of what happened. Yeah, if you want to clear things up, get the government involved. Anyway, uh, she tells CNBC it's proof that the market is not working the way it's supposed to. Is she right? Is she wrong? Well, and by by the definition of, of Elizabeth Warren saying it's not working the way it's supposed to, I think the way I hear that and see that is that it's not working in the favor of the big companies and, and, and the big business and the people with all the money. That support campaigns. Yeah, 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 the little person won one. We talked about this a week or so ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little person won one. Like I said, that's going to get shut down, whatever happened for the technology to be able to do that because. It was a one-off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you learn how to game the system, they don't want you to game the system, right? Yeah. The the big business, Wall Street, the government. And again, different show maybe to get, get yeah. too political yeah. about it. But uh, yeah, I think that's it. Is It didn't work the way it's supposed to because somebody won that wasn't supposed to, in yeah. our opinion. Then, 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 yeah, there you go. And And I think part of that is. Um, the people who didn't win were the people who support those campaigns. Right. So right. you got to you got right. to dance to the one that brought you there, That's I right. guess. Okay. All right. Politics as usual. Speaking of Uncle Sam, when Uncle Sam first started taxing Social Security benefits back in 84, that affected only one in 10 recipients. Huh. Today, it affects half of all recipients. You got to be kidding me. So if you're counting on Social Security as a major part of your retirement income, I guess you, you need to understand that it's not going to be as much as you might think. And we've talked about taxes in retirement. So kind of look at it from this aspect. What should we expect? What about this? Yeah. So what you want to know when you're modeling, where am I going to be? You want to you want to model net income. Right. And if it's Social Security, there's very low thresholds. And, and we, we probably need to get on that and then get into that specifically another question. If you're single, there's a set of thresholds. And if, and if you're married, but... The tax you pay on your Social Security benefit is going to be either zero, if we're below a very low threshold, um, 50% of it would be taxable. And by 50% taxable, if your benefit was $1,000, $500 would be subject to your current tax rate. Okay. Sometimes I say 50%, people hear it 50% Fit of the tax. tax rate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then for a lot of people, 85% of your benefit, so it's a $1,000 benefit, $850 of that would be subjected to your tax rate. Some cases... At 85, if we have a big pension in the situation, it's going to be taxed at 85%. But the key is that we know the rules we're playing with and we know what our net income from Social Security is going to be. So when we're planning, we know what we can plan on. Now, there is one thing we can do to help that. So if we did aggressive, a lot of times if I have some years to work with with a client, we'll do Roth conversions from that pre-tax IRA and 401k. Because if I have a big enough Roth IRA to pull from in retirement to supplement that money does not count towards that provisional income, which determines how much tax you pay. So I've had situations to where somebody that would have been 85% taxable, their Social Security benefit, go to 50. And, and a couple where it actually went all the way to zero, but it takes some time and work to do that. Right. So basically, because if you've got a traditional IRA and you pull out $1,000 mm-hmm. in the month, then you're going to be taxed on that $1,000. 100% of it's taxable. If it's a Roth IRA and I pull out my $1,000... It's like I never did it. Right, zero percent. You paid tax earlier. At right, some point. yeah, right, yeah. Before it got invested, so they, it doesn't even really. It's almost like it's invisible at that point. So there's where your difference becomes, where you can maximize your Social Security is making those conversions. And that's something else you pay attention to. You brought up a great point. If I do a conversion, even though I'm paying tax now, 
but it's keeping me the the amount of tax I pay on my Social Security lower. You need to factor that in too in the decision to make that conversion. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because it's going to make a difference on the bottom line and how much you've yeah. actually got to spend, not how much you make in retirement, how much you can actually spend that the government doesn't touch, and that that's when you're a game winner. All right, so let's get a strategy, Coach. Right. How do we do this? Why do we get in touch with you? We need to make this happen. Yeah, retirement planning has a lot of moving pieces. And, and the goal of what we do at Rich Life Advisors is we help pull them all together and coordinate. They're all working in a coordinated, integrated way from your health planning, your state planning, your income planning, your growth planning, all the things we talk about here on the show. To check out more about how we do that and the methodology we use, go to richlifeadvisors.com. There's a there's a Why Rich Life page where I, where I try to explain this as concisely as I possibly can. Right. And always let me know your specific questions. Give me a call at 770-249-7424. That's 770-249-RICH. All right, Bo, enjoyed it, my friend. Have a great Valentine's Day. We'll be back with you coming up Monday morning. Check in with me tomorrow. We're going to talk more. See you later. If you have specific retirement questions or would like to know more about Rich Life Advisors, go to richlifeadvisors.com or call 770-249-7424. That's 770-249-RICH. Rich Life Advisors LLC provides investment advisory services through Formula Folios. Bo Henderson is a licensed insurance agent in Georgia.